mounting moon terror was like a thing. <laughs> Lunar lunacy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Frida. I'm Abby. And this week's movie is Moonfall. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> I had to watch it twice. I would not pay more money to watch it again. I was really mad that I had to fucking pay to watch it a second time. I was really (laughs) mad that it wasn't free on something already. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know why no one bought it. (laughs) None of the distributors wanted to buy it. (laughs) That was the thing. When it was coming out, I was so ready to go and see it in the cinema. And then we looked it up and it was like, oh, it's like not in any of the cinemas in Oxford. I'd have to go to like one of the towns nearby. It's in like one of them randomly. (laughs) Like, No. So, yeah. um, Should we should we have a little catch up before we get into it? Um, trying to think if there's anything interesting. <laughs> yeah. Very soon. I'm coming to London very soon, everybody. Yes, I know. When oh, yeah, we need out, to talk about that. We'll plan like, honestly, when this is when this is out, it'll be the next week, right? No, the week this is out. You'll, you'll have been. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You will be. You will actually be in London on the day this comes out. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good welcome yeah, to london oh my god it's raining <laughs> gosh darn it it's a bit nippy uh, no it won't it's summer it'll be lovely well yeah, it'll be... <laughs> who fucking knows <laughs> scones tea we'll go to buckingham palace we'll bring you to the queen <laughs> I don't have anything. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've got nothing to add. Okay, it's pretty warm. Yeah, it's warm at the moment. It's hot. So it's kind of like, it's one of those moments where, you know, when it's like been really hot all week and then you have that moment when the clouds come in and it's just really claggy in the air and you know that the rain is coming, you know it's going to hit soon and you're just waiting for that moment of freshness. So yeah, that's what I'm waiting for right now. So if you hear outside sounds, I do apologize, but I have to have the windows open because I will die in this room if I don't right now. We don't want you to die. All right. Shall we just get into it then? Because like, look, fuck it. I can't hold it in any longer. (laughs) I know. I really enjoy the fact that we have not had any conversation about it whatsoever until this time. Yeah, like. I found your layout hilarious because firstly it was very concise. I was like, oh, she wants this done. Like, yeah. This is a short structure. She wants this over. I wanted to, I was laughing about it to myself and I didn't express that to you, but I read between the lines of your yeah. layout and that is, can we get this over and done with? So let's just fucking get okay. it over and done with. All right. Movie summary. <clears throat> All right. Also, I do apologize. I'm going to try my absolute very best, but this might be a shouty episode. So if you need to like turn the volume down, I apologize. Look, I'll move my microphone away from myself a little bit just to 
preempt how I feel. <laughs> right, summary. We find Jacinda and Brian and random disposable dude repairing the Hubble Space Telescope when space debris crashes into them, damaging their craft and killing the third wheel. Oh, no wait, that's the opening to gravity. It's not space debris. It's all the same, but just an unidentified black space dust. Cue exposition via news while wifey is getting the fuck out of Dodge. Ten years later, and Dr. Dude is somehow tracking the moon's orbit while serving up fast food. He tries to call NASA via the t-shirt shop and immediately fails. I wonder fucking why. Cue some big struggle for the nerdy guy to get people to listen to him. You know, just just trust him. He knows what he's talking about. He's seen it. Can't you see it? You must all see it. Oh, no, wait. It's okay. We're not doing that. NASA have already figured it out on their own. They don't fucking need him. Why is he in this movie? Samwell's only solution, apparently, to try to get people to listen to him is to head for a washed up astronaut to help him. I mean, like I said, NASA already knows. I don't know why this is happening. <laughs> Enter our no good deadbeat dad, ex-astronaut whose big attitude got him fired and left him fighting against the man because he broke the rules. No, that's Geostorm. This is just the same guy, but the guy got fired for seeing aliens or something. I don't fucking know. Okay, but for real, this is a movie about divorced parents. Hollow moon conspiracy, space travel, Dyson structures, AI gone rogue, lunar orbits and dystopian street gangs. Oh, and like Donald Sutherland drops by to say something about Zulu 147. Sure. Did we ever find out what the fuck Zulu was? Anyway, a lot of unnecessary stuff happens. We get some teen drama on the ground, some adult drama in space. They manage to get a rocket from a museum, run a space launch with like two engines and no crew during a weird distorted storm. But don't worry, they have a mega structurist on board. So the moon is a Dyson sphere. There's a white dwarf inside. It's run by AI and there's some bad alien things. Brian meets the superior intelligence and they imbue him with the sight and knowledge of the universe while also giving him door opening powers. No, they're not just pulling from Stargate. Anyway, if you're still here by the end of the movie, they kill the swarm stuff and the moon just goes back into orbit with Samwell as a caretaker or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. And if my summary isn't clear enough, I welcome you to go and watch the worst scripted movie I've ever seen. This movie is a disgrace. It's It's an insult. (laughs) You can't just say what if... Wait, do you know what I think this movie... what, What I thought about this movie? What? When I was watching it, it was like improv night. It was like if a bunch of people were on a stage in improv and, and, and someone was just shouting out scenarios and they were like, now you're astronauts. And they just improvised <laughs> as big astronauts. That is what the script is. Yes. It's that random. It's just like, I mean, there's just, there's no logic anywhere. I, I can't, I cannot find proper words to describe it because we've talked about crazy, silly science movies before and that's fine because we've enjoyed them. Like Battleship with Rihanna, lol, but we enjoyed it. It was funny. But this, like, the reason I had to watch it twice was it because I got chance. so fucking bored the first time around that I stopped paying attention. And then when I was doing it for the science, I was like, oh shit, I better go and watch it again. <laughs> I have no I idea what happened there. I laughed out loud. I laughed out Did loud. You? Oh no. So many times. Like one of these ones. Wait, one of these ones. Ha! <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. ah! <laughs> yuck. <laughs> like, they just, like, there's, we think about the movies that research the science so carefully. 
Mm. And this movie is like, you know what? We'll we'll actually do none of that, <laughs> and say what we want. It is. You're right. It's like they had. It's like they also had like an improv script writing session. Yeah. It's just like they all sat down and they went right. We're going to do a science, like, disaster movie. What? Give me your ideas. Give me your ideas. And somebody who was writing up the script got confused and just put everything into it. Do you know what the whole movie is like? There's a symbol. There's something in the movie which is a symbol for the whole movie. And that is Samuel Talley's character just calling himself doctor. He's like, by the way, I'm not a real doctor. I just use just it. Like, and that's have, the whole movie. The I whole movie so much is someone who just uses the term doctor for themselves, even though they have no right to. And everyone else is like, wait, I earned my doctor. And they're like, suckers, I just call myself doctor. Anyway, and this movie is saying to all the other movies that spent quite a lot of money researching and trying to be accurate, suckers. <laughs> Exactly. It was just laughing in our faces, going, you don't need to do all that shit. Just say you're a doctor. Look. <laughs> I just, like, the worst thing is, like, he didn't even... Oh, wait, there goes Lolly. See, even Lolly's mad about it. <laughs> okay. Um, the worst thing about that whole thing that really, really gets me is at no point do they justify... No, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to park it. We're going to come back to that because we're going to talk about him later. The, the one di- one thing that I did think about this, right, and I wrote this down, was that I was presuming, and I am presuming, that there is a director's cut out there that adds about a half an hour of context and backstory and relationship development to create some sort of emotional connection and investment in the fucking story. And there's probably not. But I want to believe that it exists because there's so many things in the edit of this fucking movie that I was just like, what was the point of that? Why did you bother with this? This movie had a lot in it, though. It had, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, aliens. It was, just, like, future humans. It was, just, like, yeah, yeah. It was just, like, the moon. And there was, like, tidal waves. And there was, like, <laughs> spaceships. And there was, like, fire. And there was, like, tree fallings. And, like, there was just everything. <laughs> it was actually, like, two brothers. And then yeah. it's the moon it falling from the sky. And also it's AI. And... They're hu- it's aliens, but the aliens are really humans from the past that are actually more advanced somehow. That and the moon is a structure, and and a tree is gonna is gonna fly, and and it's like it, and then so, this has a real improvisational quality to it. This movie really kind of this feels is like- you're right. This is the two brothers movie. It just is. It's brought to life. I think Emmerich basically went. This is going to be the last movie I ever make. So I'm going to put every idea that I've ever had that I've ever wanted to put in a movie in the same one and go i mean i think we we now know why uh why why josh gad isn't in it anymore (laughs) (laughs) should we try to structure our podcast or we just keep going (laughs) no 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 should we put structure uh, no we are talking about this is our standard structure first impressions it's just Uh, first impressions (laughs) okay let's talk about the cast if there's any is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into cast and my first list of trash as i titled it you know what hang on up there's a file on my computer one second it's it's called brian harper helmet cam i wonder what that file is (laughs) (laughs) no no just joking did you want to talk a bit more about the um the connections to other movies um yep 
Like that's Chrysler all I was building, thinking. The uh, Chrysler building yeah. at the end. It's like you maniacs, you blew it up. That was like that was a total yeah, thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. But also um, contact like Brian Harper. I'm your child, but actually oh, I'm, yes. I'm the AI. That was straight out of contact. But in yeah, that was uh, yeah. That, it was also the, the dullest explanation I've ever seen in any movie. I'm sorry to that child. I'm not being rude about a child actor, but I was so bored. Uh, okay. I'll save it for my tropes. Okay. All right. Cast. All right. Uh, Patrick Wilson. I don't even remember who the fucking characters were. Patrick Wilson. What else is his name? Brian. The main person. That fella. Angry man. Jared Butler. 2.0. Angry white man. Yeah. It's just the same, same, same. It's fine. Same character we've seen before. Halle Berry. Like. I? Yeah. (laughs) She has an Oscar. What the fuck is she doing? That's Hallie. the funny thing about Halle Berry. Why? She Why? Has this, yeah. You know what? When she first, so she, she in the opening scene is talking about her wedding, right? Mm. And then the, in the scene of like current, you know, present times, um, I was like, oh, a lesbian. Uh, I was excited. <gasps> yes, me too. I was like, nice. They made her a lesbian and she married a woman. I was like, cool. I was, And then I was like, Okay, they didn't touch. Maybe it's just going to be like, they're making a lesbian, but they're not brave enough to like have them actually have any contact. Fair enough. And then I was like, oh, no, no, she just married the military yeah, man. I, like the typical boring yeah. trope. And he's like, the worst. And she's like, he and the babysitter is just the nanny. Okay, great. I thought the exact same thing you thought. When she came out, I was like, oh, cool. This is the couple. This is nice. This is new. Um, I'm really into this. And then, yeah, it was just like, oh, no, that's not what they're doing. And then he came on and he started talking. And I was like, do, do you Generic, know how to act? It's, it's generic ex-husband military person I mean, with connection, with a, with a conscience. Slightly angry and aggressive. I gotta be manly in this phone call. Yeah, I just He can't. was the, um, what, what was the name? Um, remind me, Cuban Missile Crisis hero who wouldn't. No. <laughs> who, wouldn't, who wouldn't do the nukes. That was him. <laughs> Vasily Arkhipov. He was the Vasily Arkhipov of this okay. movie. <laughs> Say no. Right. I'm gonna keep. We're gonna keep Samwell for later. Um, okay. All right. I just. I only have two other people I want to bring up because I just want to say, like, Donald Sutherland. What the fuck are you doing in this movie? What the fuck was that role? What the fuck was the point of it? What was he even talking about? Um, I think it's one of those things where like an actor must have like a three movie contract with some sort of studio and they have to do whatever mm. shit he put in front of them. And he was just like, "All right, fine. I'll sit in a wheelchair for this." <laughs> Why? Donald Sutherland, you don't have clearance. Let me tell you everything. <laughs> you mean that guy? That scene? What's the, what was the guy's name? It was like, I can't remember. I wrote it down somewhere. It's it, one of my many. <laughs> what the Hutchins gave me this. Okay. <laughs> Here's all the secrets. <laughs> like, what? Is that how clearance works? <laughs> Anyway, anything else about Donald Sutherland? Nah. Okay. Uh, I just want to say that even though this is a terrible, terrible movie, I still love Michael Pena. Yeah, Michael Pena was the guy, the only person that I really wanted to talk about. I always love him. Good, 
To me, this yeah. just says Michael Pena works hard and is a good sport. He's yeah. the hardest working actor in Hollywood. He is. He does everything. I, yeah. I love everything. Him. <laughs> he did Dora the Explorer. Like, <laughs> at the dad. Like, good, like he just does yeah. everything. Good for him. Amazing. I hope he eats well. Yeah, and I didn't hate him. But, you know, no. we'll talk, talk about him a little bit more later. Yeah. Okay, so I've got no one else in the cast to bring up. Do you have anyone else? No, I fucking don't. Okay, excellent. <laughs> then I want to get into my first section. And this is my first section is titled What the Fuck Part One? Or Here's My First List of Trash. So me and Frida oh. are just going to go back and forth with all the stuff that made us go, What the fuck? Are we recording it's a what a the new fuck what extended. The fuck? Are we gonna record a new <laughs> extension, a new a new yeah. jingle just for this? We we might need it. <laughs> <laughs> what the actual fuck? <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's my first one. Okay. I just the whole idea that you could actually log into a fucking telescope via the phone and a non-legit email account. Like just the idea that? that that would ever happen, when he's when when Samwell is in the fucking, like being a caretaker and just ringing the fucking like telescope like, <laughs> when he breaks into the guy's office yeah and he pretends it. to be him and it's just like that's not how <laughs> the telephone I know in movies they like invent security things sometimes yeah. just because send it to that it. other email I told you about not the university one, <laughs> my <laughs> personal one doctor. Doctor, Doctor UFO guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That thing. All right, go on. Halle Berry's phone ID. Halle Berry's phone ID when NASA calling. It just says NASA on her phone ID. <laughs> just by the way. <laughs> like no effort whatsoever. No effort. All of NASA. No effort. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay, there we go. All right, so my next one is the just the fact that they kept driving home, but they actually, do you know what? They didn't even fucking drive it home. They just brought it up every now and then with the whole Samwell thing. No one will listen to me. Mom, no one will listen to me. They already know. Nobody needs to listen to him. He is not required. What is the fucking point? The the conspiracy theorist, he's not required because everybody knows already. This whole thing, like, I know in the end it becomes about the megastructure, like, whatever. But, like, he's there freaking out about, the moon is out of orbit. No one will listen to me. And NASA's there, like, going, yeah, the moon's out of orbit. We kind of noticed it immediately because, like, it's such a big deal and it's kind of our job to see these things happening. Or maybe it's that trope of, like, oh, you have to tell the people. Yeah. Yeah, Why was he necessary? Because they already knew. I don't even. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, what's your next one? My next one. Oh, my God. Mounting moon terror was like a thing. Because <laughs> that's a phrase, I guess. Mounting mood, moon terror. Well, it is when the moon's coming towards us. Moon terror. Mounting moon Lunar terror. lunacy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's good. Right? <laughs> um... Right, the next one that really, really got me was like the, I mean, all the acting is fucking terrible, let's be real. 
But there's just that one, you know, with the phone call when, when we find out that, like, you know, Hallie's not a lesbian and she's married to military dude. And she mm-hmm. calls him and he's like, tell me this isn't happening. And she's like, I wish I could say no, but the math checks out. So it's happening as if it's like a fucking storm is coming tomorrow. You've just admitted that the moon is coming out of orbit, coming towards Earth. And in three weeks, everything is going to be destroyed. And your next complaint this- is like, oh, well, if you ever called your son, it's like, what that what world are you living in? Yes, the shit. Halle Berry had no, there was no, any freak out that the world is going to end. There was no like, oh, everyone's going to die, humanity, the world's going to end. There was nothing like that. But also at the 11th hour when everyone was leaving, because I guess they were like, well, I guess we'll go home to our families. And it was like three people left. And then they're like, wait, we can launch it. We've got three people. We can launch the thing with three people. And then there were like two people. They're like, two people's enough. One person. They're like, we don't need anybody. We just need the moon because the moon is going to pick up. Us up no, without any boosters. Too much, too much. <laughs> Hold all of that. Hold all of that. <laughs> I can't stop. Where's the line, Abby? Where's well, the this line? this is the thing, yes. Like, she had no reaction at any point. It was just, everything no, no. was just so muted. Just was like, well, it's happening. It's like, what are you talking oh, about? Make any sense. And then, like, they're like... Nothing can stop I just, them. And everything is happening in three weeks. And then it's like, oh, we can just launch a rocket on the same day. It's fine. And... And then, like, there's already riots around. Like, I was just like, at one point, I've just got written in all caps in my notes. What is the timeline of this movie? I am so confused. An hour? A minute? (laughs) And also, like, the worst thing about that whole sequence as well for me was, like, it felt so much like, and it was so upsetting to watch it. You know when she gives the speech over the microphone? No, remind me. Like when she's telling everyone, thank you for all your help, but go home to your families. The moment that is so clearly trying to recreate the Independence Day speech and failing so horrifically that it's painful to watch. It's just like, why are you doing this? Just trying to have any nice moment. First of all, everything that they did that was like a big moment was clearly just stealing from other movies. Like yeah. they weren't even trying to hide it. They were like, let's just try to do a bit like that thing. And you, and then you, you're like, well, you failed. Yeah. You failed. <laughs> you're not inspiring. You're not heroic. <laughs> <laughs> I've got then like, there's, there's like, there's lines and stuff. I mean, for the most part, like a lot of it is like, what the fuck? But like, <clears throat> there was just one, you know, just the, I don't even know if it's contrived the right word to use, just way that the dialogue is written, you know, everything we feared about AI, everything we thought we knew about the nature of Abby. the universe has just gone out the window. It's like, did, did AI write the script? AI. Did AI write the script? Because that's what I feel like happened. Everything we feared about AI is, is true. <laughs> yeah. For years, we've been afraid that AI was going to create humanity, build a Dyson sphere around a white dwarf, fly it to the solar system, and then some black nanotechnology stuff was going to chase us down and try to eat us. That's what we've been scared of. <laughs> anyway. It wasn't AI that built the moon. You've got it all wrong. I don't fucking know what was going on. I'll tell you. Yeah, we we'll come back. Well, I've got questions about this later. So okay, we'll come, okay, okay. we're going to talk about the AI later. But anyway, I, I'm just. Sorry, I can't even follow my train of thought. I know. I'm like, I just. the Basically, I wrote down my list of like 
all this stuff in order of watching it in the movie. <laughs> so like there was just a few other things, which was the um, that's not what a gravity wave is. Stop saying gravity wave. Stop using the term gravity wave. That's not what a gravity wave is. Oh, were Stop they it. using gravity wave? They gravity said it's wave a gravity wave when the ocean went up into the air. It's a gravity wave. No. That's not a gravity No. A gravity wave is a thing and it's a gravitational wave maybe. But yeah, th- this is the thing. It's like, stop using that. That's not a real term to use. This is incorrect and you're going to confuse people. Shh. A gravity wave, i.e. in water. <laughs> gravity wave. It's a gravity wave! By the way, oh, they say it God. as if it's an established term and they all know what they're talking about. <laughs> they, like that they have a word, the fact that they even have a term for that already. Yeah. Already, this has been happening for a couple of days and they're like, they already know what a gravity wave is. Even though that's already a thing. That isn't that. It isn't that. It's a different thing. It's a whole other thing. Ask I Albert just, Einstein. I, literally, I was like, I am dying. Please stop. It's so bad, Abby. It's criminal. It is. Okay, I'm going to stop with my list of ranty stuff now because I've rented for a half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to get into uh, the rest of the movie. Um, All right. Okay, so... (laughs) uh, What about themes? I I, So I wrote down... (laughs) I have have one thing that I wrote down for themes. Okay. And it just in capital letters says... No. No theme. So moving the fuck along. Because what the there's fuck no with theme. the theme of the, there's no, there's nothing. There's none. There's no I, point. No, there is a theme, Frida. It's, it's everything we, everything we feared about AI. Coming true. It's coming true. That is what I feared about AI. It's exactly what I, keeps me up at night. My fear about AI. Well, I'll tell you what my fear is. All right. Ask but, me later. Remind, yeah, we'll come back. Remind, we'll come back to AI. We'll talk about what our fears okay. were about AI before this movie. All right. And so what they let's, are now. Let's see how easy this question is, Frida. Tropes. <laughs> Done. All right. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yes. <gasps> my trope is yelling, come on, at a machine. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> are we are we going in like a list form here, or are you just going with one and then keeping all the rest for every other part of the discussion? I don't even. I I kind I wrote, of said. Yeah. I wrote down <laughs> on my notes when I first watched the movie. I honestly wrote down. I just wrote the tropes. Oh Jesus, the tropes. The whole fucking movie. Well, we, we spoke about like because I said the references to other movies. Yeah. Um, contact. And the you, the Chrysler Building. I have one other one that I haven't mentioned already. Okay. Do you want Do you to want mention to, it? I'll mention it. It's. <laughs> So, you know, in the never ending story where there's that girl being like the little oracle or whatever. And the same thing as in The Matrix as the little kid is like, oh, yes. you misuse your mind. You are the thing. You are the spoon or whatever. So this one, when he's in the machine and the kid is like, Brian, Brian Harper, this is your mission. I have been sent here to speak to you. I don't know what the name of my trope is, but it's a little oracle child. Just telling everything. <laughs> okay. Speaking excellent. very strangely. Little, <laughs> little oracle. The oracle. 
the yeah. oracle. I okay. would rather be watching okay. Never Ending Story, though. What's your trip? Yeah, sure. Um, a nerds, conspiracy theorists, not being actual scientists, deadbeat dads, moody teenagers, deadbeat dads saving the day, fuck off, the weird attempted replication of the Independence Day speech and Deus Ex Nucana. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole movie. Movie, yeah. The whole movie, yeah. Yeah, getting out of, getting the hell out of Dodge, building underground things for government people, um, being mugged at the end of the world. Uh, uh, oh, uh, the, yeah, looting the people yeah, stealing the microwaves, gangs. being the dystopian. That oxygen is for us. We're taking your oxygen. It's like at no point was there any ever like discussion about how how, how why people need oxygen. Like why. What's happening? Because <laughs> the it's it's the moon is stealing our the air. atmosphere, or it's yeah. leaving us. Okay. Um. Yeah. How about <laughs> we were going to come back to Michael Pena, right? Yeah. When, 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 when was that going to happen? Oh, I can't even remember. At one point, where, when where, we let me see where Michael I wrote Pena. it down. It might just be... I actually might have written it down at my what the fuck. We're going to come back to Michael Pena being like, just look ahead. Just go left. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, that that was it. Left. We can talk about it now because that's all I wrote left. down was like the whole like... Right. You know left. Right. All I could think Daddy. watching that scene left. was that scene right. in Family Guy when they meet right. Randy Newman and it's the end of the world and they're trying to find the Twinkie factory and it's like, left, right, left, right. <laughs> you go you go i'll, I'll be fine uh, i'll just whole, fall asleep like and, she, and the, the little kids just going left right i just oh, you know what was so infuriating about this right the kid comes back then they, your one goes out to find sunny because classic there always has to be some teen fucking drama romance bullshit so she goes out to find sunny and that's okay but like nobody tries to find the dad <laughs> i mean it wasn't that long he's probably not that oxygen bright could have been saved for sure it was completely unnecessary and at the end they like look at him and they're like they, when they find when they, they meet you know they do that 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 meet thing she's there with the kids and he's there and they say something and he asks about the the husband and, just... and they just go no and he just does this like little kind of you know the the, the face the face where it's almost a smile of like oh you know sorry about that but we're gonna hook up again it was just so unnecessary <laughs> Like what, just the, fucking... it was like it was like that he was like he showed like he died for them like he did his duty as a man to die yeah and like you have another man and it's me it's me because they it's can't just be infuriating serious. michael Pena was the best thing about that fucking movie and the fact that they killed michael him pissed Pena me off. was the best thing also when the when the oxygen came back right the oxygen yeah. comes back I thought we'll cut to Michael Pena and he'd be like, <gasps> or, be like Michael Pena. or them running out to find him and find help him. <laughs> no, they no just body. went, oh, well, guess he's no dead. Body, no crime. No body. He's not. <laughs> he's still alive and he escaped their ungrateful asses. Have you seen the movie, the Everest movie? It did remind me a lot of the Everest, the movie where Jake Gyllenhaal and Mount Everest, that thing. Oh, no, like, I've never read it. They shouldn't have gone to the top and they couldn't make it back. But a lot of them, like this oxygen drama, this movie okay. actually might oxygen be stealing from that. Drama. A lot of like no tanks, very scary, serious movie up there running out of oxygen. But some of them, yeah, yeah. they totally like just kind of 
run out of oxygen and just like sort of just die and it's like harrowing and terrifying and this movie was just like not that and he's dead (laughs) yeah um okay let's get into the science section the what (laughs) okay what i have things written down um i have questions okay so well the first thing is let's just (laughs) how are the scientists represented or presented in the story frida Fucking hell. So, like, I guess in, like, in reality, as we've talked about before in other movies, like, Halle Berry and What's-His-Face Patrick Wilson were astronauts, so technically they're supposed to be scientists, but they're not portrayed in any real way as scientists, so I'm ignoring them. The only one who was portrayed as a scientist is Samwell, who I genuinely can't remember what his actual fucking name is in the movie. Who cares? He doesn't deserve one. He wasn't a scientist. That's why you're talking, and I'm like, um, Abby, he was fake. He was a conspiracy theorist. I know. He wasn't. But, a- they, but this movie basically was just like, hey, conspiracy theorists, let's listen to them because they can call themselves scientists and they could be right. That's what this movie he, is doing. It's if, destroying If the us. government hadn't been doing all their research on it the whole time, Let's just say they had it. Then in this situation, they'd use Samwell's research. They'd be like, we were wrong. You were right. You've been working on this for years. Like, give us your data. They didn't need him because they had the data. Yeah. He was stealing their data effectively anyway. Exactly. So basically, this whole idea around him is centered around this idea that he, as you said, he's a conspiracy theorist. So whatever about the moon breaking from its orbit... The thing that they're supposed to be using to justify him is this idea that the moon is a megastructure. And it's this whole like, right. oh, he's this is where he's right. And this is where his conspiracy kind of comes into it. It's like, oh, it was like he was right all along because it's this megastructure. Why would you think it was a megastructure? Where does your, where, oh, do you know what? I'm skipping ahead. I will explain where that thought comes from in one moment. So before yeah. I get to that point, let's talk about the actual moon itself. Okay, I wrote down what was the big scientific explanation and then I just wrote in a lot of letters, no, Uh, because there is no fucking big scientific explanation in this movie. The entire movie is an explosion of science in the most unrealistic and stupefying way I've ever come across. The scientific, the big explanation in this movie is nothing scientific whatsoever in, in it. It's no, irrelevant. No, it's just a story. Yeah, there is no big scientific explanation. There's just lots there's of none. bits of science that is tried to explain, but none of it makes any sense. None of it is realistic. There's only one incorrect. thing that they talk about that is realistic, um, okay. which I will get to in a minute. But I, okay, so for real, right, science. let's get into the, okay. Let's just get into the science section because I have topics picked out. But to be honest, if I wanted to do a full and detailed analysis of all of the science in this movie, we'd be here for like six hours. So I cannot do that. It's too much. And this is one of those things where it's very frustrating because it's a movie that is so full of science concepts, ideas and and like little bits of terminology, little things that they talk about that you see. Um, things like like we said the oxygen and stuff like that but it's all done in such a way that makes me feel like it doesn't deserve my time and effort to go into detail about it Mm -hmm. because all I would have to do is spend all of my time trying to debunk everything that's in this fucking movie so that people don't get confused about science and it's very frustrating so I picked four things to talk about the moon space shuttles Dyson structures and AI okay there are Mm -hmm. four main things that are happening in this movie that I think we should discuss are you ready? 
Yep. <clears throat> okay. Starting with the moon. So, as we've said, the whole movie starts with that they've noticed that the moon has moved into an elliptical orbit and it's bringing it towards Earth. And when it reaches the roach limit, we're all fucked. The roach limit. This is the only thing that they show that has any sense of realism in it. Because the roach limit is around 18,500 kilometers from the surface of the Earth. And it is the point at which the gravity from the Earth would overcome the internal gravity from the moon. And it would cause tidal forces to like deform the shape of the moon and cause it to break up. There would be some portions of it that would break away and come towards Earth, sure. But what would really happen for the most part is that we would end up with a ring around the planet. Like Saturn's rings. Right. Oh, fun. Yeah, because it's still moving at its it's still moving on its orbit, you know, with its velocity going in a certain direction. So as it starts to break up, it's going to those pieces are still going to move at that velocity. We've talked about orbital paths many times before. If you want more information about it, go back to like gravity episode or like we talked about it in Sunshine. We've talked about it in The Martian, I'm sure. Like loads of movies we've covered this topic. So it wouldn't really do any damage to Earth that much. It would just continue on as a ring around the planet. Awesome. Right? It would get a ring. I'd now, like a ring. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it'd be cute. <laughs> I'd like so a ring cute. too. <laughs> okay. In order for this to happen, the moon would need to break its orbit and move towards us. But the reality is, is that the moon is actually moving away from us. And it's moving away from us at a pace of around four centimeters per year. Did you know Not that? Not much. I think I might have heard that in yeah. my studies. It's so, yeah, it's so small. I mean, four centimeters per year at these distances and orbits. So how could the moon break orbit and come towards us? Basically, if you wanted to have the... If you wanted to change the orbital path of the moon you need to change its velocity or you need to change the trajectory the, the angle of its orbit right and you can only mm-hmm. do that with an object um realistically it needs to be hit with some sort of a force i said an object what i just mean is it needs to be hit with a force okay so what kind of force could hit that people i've literally had people saying you know like oh just like if an asteroid hit it it could totally go on an impact um, course with earth no it could not Firstly, an asteroid hitting the moon, if it hits at any specific angle other than directly opposing its trajectory, other than like a head-on collision. Uh, uh, no, because uh, even if, because whatever you do, I'm thinking because you're going in an orbit, so it's like what you're, it's the tangential, like you're, yeah. the, the direction you're going in, the forward direction is the tangent at every single point. Yes. So how where, where, how possibly could you hit it in a way that would go towards the middle? If it's exactly. Just, it doesn't make any You can sense. change its orbit. You'll change its orbit, sure. Yes. And you could knock it into an elliptical orbit, absolutely. And you can knock it into such an elliptical orbit that over time, if its orbit is continuously reducing, um, yeah. if, if its angle means that it is continuously coming, like uh, decreasing its orbit, but you need to have some sort of velocity increase like you need to have some sort of force that is constantly causing that change in trajectory um the only way that realistically could happen that the earth that the moon would just fall to earth is you would have to stop its moving you would have to stop it moving altogether yeah completely give it zero velocity 
no velocity anymore and then the gravitational pull from the earth would just pull it towards it and it would fall towards us the only way you can do that is by hitting it with a force large enough to counter the velocity in a head-on collision to be Mm -hmm. able to do that you would need an asteroid with the size probably around 50 times the size of the moon what is the fucking point in that you do that you're just going to blow up the moon like there's no scenario realistically where the moon would ever just fall towards earth People have been arguing with me about this. People genuinely uh, believe if you hit the moon with an asteroid, it could fall towards Earth. That cannot happen. It will not happen. It has to stop moving altogether, then it would fall, just like. Yeah. Just like uh, in the Looney Tunes when they fall <laughs> off a cliff and, and then they stop and then they run in the spot and then they realize they're. and then they fall. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we've said that the moon is currently on an increasing orbit. Even if we could change that and cause it to have a decreasing orbit so that it would move towards the Roach limit, it would take billions of years before it was close enough to reach the Roach limit. Like actual billions. The point is that by the time the moon reached the Roach limit, we would already have been decimated by our sun. why because why? The, because the sun um will expand as it starts to die in the next oh, couple of billion that's, years that's the time yeah, yeah and it will just engulf a... us and the moon before the moon could ever reach the roach limit be. yeah that's how long it okay. would take <laughs> so <laughs> we will not be here when it happens good Uh, The other point as well is that the moon will never completely break orbit from us and move away. It's moving away from us, but it will never escape us. (laughs) The the use of the language of breaking free and escaping us is as if there's some tension that it has in like being there. And it's like, oh, when it's it's there because there's a, I guess it, it naturally belongs there. It's comfortable. Yeah. But like as it decreases it, like as it moves away from us, yeah. as its orbit, like orbital yeah. path is increasing, um, I think this leads some people to think that well, then there'll be some time where it just doesn't orbit us oh, anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's not really true. What will happen is it will continue to move away from us until it reaches a point where our orbits match, so the Earth becomes tidally locked to the moon. Oh. But Earth's rotation will still have an effect from the sun. So what will happen is it will start, like, kind of restart the moon's rotation and then start to bring the moon in towards us again. So it will never just go away and float off into space on its own thing. (laughs) Also, we will be billions of years dead by then, so. But it's so fun (laughs) to think about it. Not... (laughs) Sure. But anyway, look, in the movie, they say that they uh, it, it'll take three weeks to reach the roach limit, which is clearly insane. <laughs> Could they not have at least just said like six months or something? Give some indication of time passing in the movie and people attempting to solve the issue instead of just going, oh, we've just noticed that the moon has broken orbit and it's going to hit us in three months, in three weeks. In Deep Impact, it was six months and it actually made sense because the movie made some sort of sense. It's like, what could happen in six months? This movie didn't even try to make sense. It's like this updated thing of like six months, 
three weeks, motherfucker. I was just, we don't yeah. care. <laughs> just go. Total annihilation. <laughs> well, I suppose the thing is that all of this is dependent on the moon just being the moon. And unfortunately for this movie and for us, there's a conspiracy oh, theory called oh, the hollow moon there theory. There is actually one. Great. There is actually one. And this, so this is a theory that the moon is not a natural satellite created through a collision with another body a long, long time ago. But it's not just that it's artificial, it's that it's a megastructure built by aliens. Is this a real, this is real. This is a the real thing conspiracy is, this theory. This is a real conspiracy. This is a real conspiracy theory that comes from science fiction because the idea of the hollow moon came from H.G. Wells in 1901 and their book, uh, The First Men in the Moon. And from that, then there's just like a bunch of other sci-fi stories about this idea that the moon is built by aliens. And then that means that as, as tends to happen, we have some conspiracy theorists out there who like to go, ooh, science fiction is real and therefore the moon must be hollow. So why do you think people would believe this? What, what do you think? Do you think anything could have happened that would cause people to actually believe that the um, moon could be hollow? <clears throat> Didn't Samuel say something fell and it made a sound? It made a gong the bell ringing yeah. incident. <laughs> so, <sighs> basically, what he said is that, yeah, something dropped and it was described uh, and that the moon rang out like a bell. Now, this is a real thing that happened. But the reason this happened in the way that uh, he described is because the moon doesn't have water to act as a shock absorber. So some pulses were generated in the 70s and the pulses were amplified on the moon. And unfortunately for all of us, at that time, somebody decided to say the sentence, the moon was ringing like a bell. And then people thought, huh, bells are hollow. The moon must be hollow. It's a conspiracy. No. 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 (laughs) You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm, yeah, keep going. No. Okay. All right. Okay, so a lot of stuff happens that really seems unnecessary and I didn't really pay much attention. So let's skip to the next bit, which is the whole getting a shuttle and heading into space in the same day, pretty much. <laughs> and some sideways references to Musk and SpaceX, because sure. And China's they dropped in about like China's giving us their thing because you know they gotta they gotta drop China into it so they they can um, get the box office over there. I will say just as someone who was watching it, spectator, I was like, "Come on, you can do it! Get up there! Yeah, defy all logic, defy all physics." <laughs> I, was, I kind of wanted them to succeed in their weird endeavors, which became more and more impossible. Like they just got up there somehow without anybody. Like, yeah, I mean, I want, I wanted that too, sort of. No, I'm lying. Why am I saying that? Why am I trying to be positive about this? I didn't care. I just didn't care. But what I will say is the shuttle they use in the movie to get to the moon is the space shuttle Endeavour, which is a real orbiter, right? And it was in operation between 1992 and 2011. And what is really cool in the movie, and I do give it some props for this, is because there's a scene where they're bringing Endeavour to the launch pad, where they go to like the California Space Center Museum, get Endeavour and bring it to the launch pad. And you see them walking through yeah. the streets with yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. 
Um, I believe that these... I believe that these are real shots, obviously doctored and CGI'd in some way, of the time when Endeavour was actually brought to the California Space Centre because the wingspan was too big for any normal transport and they actually had to walk it through the streets. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, so it's about the only thing that I appreciated in this movie, Mm. that and Michael Peña. Michael Peña. I did. I liked it. I liked the shots of bringing Endeavor. But now let's talk about the idea of um, taking a rocket from a museum and sending We're it ready. into space. Frida, that's what been do you done think? in Battleship, guys. I'm sorry, that's old news. Like I could not believe they recycled that whole idea. Battleship did that and it was kind of great. It was kind of cool. In Battleship, Wait, they took what? a museum item and they like used it. Yeah. Oh, the ship. No, but I'm saying like that whole concept of taking something from a museum. Like, I I couldn't believe that they tried to recycle that. Yeah. To be yeah, but to be fair, in Battleship, the it was a museum, but it was still on water. (laughs) (laughs) Still fucking floating. It was still a boat. It had navy crew on it, and that was still ridiculous. And it was still ridiculous. Yeah. This, it's like, this was just like... I, I don't really have the words for how little they were <laughs> trying. They weren't trying. Like, this is the thing. So, like, Endeavour flew from 92 to 2011. And then, so that means that, like, it's a decommissioned space mm-hmm. shuttle. Like, a decommissioned orbiter in a museum for 10 years. Now... I don't want to say no flat out to the idea of it being able to be used because we also do know that in terms of technology in in how they build these shuttles and, and ships and stuff, um, aside from the companies like NASA and the companies that they use, it's all pretty much the same as what it was in the 60s. Like they they haven't really upgraded their technology and their techniques because they have that attitude of like, well, if it works, mm-hmm. don't fuck with it, basically. So I'm not saying I don't believe that they couldn't make Endeavour able to be flown again. But like, you know, get it flight ready, update it, check it, integrate all the systems with flight control. Like what operating system are they using? It's not plug in and go. You can't just pull it out, just stick it up on the launch pad and, and then go. And then, and then, even if you could get it on the launch pad ready to go... I do not believe that they could just launch a rocket with most of the ground and yeah. control crew just gone and that, only two fucking engines. Well, I wouldn't say what's, what wins the prize is the craziest part, but the fact that they have no crew is so hilarious to me. They just do it without anybody. It's maddening. And yeah. There's so much stuff. It's just the random guys in the control room, the empty control room, and, and, and then like Samwell's hanging around. It's like you're not even a scientist. You, you don't know how this works. <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> I'm. Not, that's why I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, they launch during a gravity tsunami of sorts. Their gravity wave. <laughs> Just fucking can't. Anyway, they escape the destruction of Earth, but they don't have enough power in the engines to escape Earth's pull and reach the moon. So they just go up as far as they can in the hopes that the moon's gravity will pull them towards it. Now, 
if the moon is the moon, as in our moon, not a hollow moon, secret moon thing, then this does not work. No matter what. No matter how close the fucking moon is, the gravitational pull from the earth is much stronger than the pull from the moon, so it would not take over. Gravity doesn't work like that. It doesn't fucking matter how close the moon is. It doesn't matter if it is like right above your fucking head. It is not going to pull you from the earth. The gravitational pull of the earth is stronger. They just made that up. They're so... They just well, made no. it up. This whole weird thing that everybody is flying. You know when they're hopping on the well, helicopter at the beginning? They're like flying. They made the whole thing up. Yeah. They made it up. That... It's not that they made it up, but like, I'm just saying that if the moon was the moon, that wouldn't work. But this is the point. Hollow. It's a hollow the moon. The moon isn't the moon. The moon is a hollow moon, but the moon is a megastructure. Well, because if you just say the moon's less. a hollow moon, then it even has less fucking, like less <laughs> material, so less gravity. But what they actually say no. is that it is One a megastructure. A Dyson Stop. structure to be exact. The moon okay. is the moon okay. and it okay. functions as the moon. <laughs> It acts as the moon because in, it's still the the earth in the movie is the same earth as in the tides are the same as in it's the earth. So the moon, the mass of the moon is the same as our moon, whether it's a megastructure or not. Therefore, the gravitational effects would be the same. But they're saying that it's being affected by the swarm. Oh, that's swarm. why it's come out of orbit. So it's not right. working. Normal. I almost forgot okay. about this. <laughs> all right, okay, wait, let's talk. Hold on. No, hold on. Let's, all right, let's get. <laughs> Megastructures. Is it a thing? That's what we're at. <laughs> megastructure. Okay, so this is what they're saying. They're saying that it's a megastructure. And what they mean by a megastructure specifically is they mean a Dyson structure. Now, what they're saying is it's a Dyson. So it's, it's sort of a. The, uh, the general idea of a Dyson structure is the Dyson sphere, but it's not specifically specifically that because we see that when they go in. It's a Dyson structure uh, enclosed in some sort of spherical shell. Now, uh, it is named after Freeman Dyson, who wrote a paper in the 60s, which is very famous, and it laid out the idea of a megastructure being built around a star. He basically said that any advanced like society would have the capacity to have or would have figured out the capacity to have been able to have to be, have been able to build a structure around their star to increase the habitable area around their star and to um you know benefit from its energy and and, and such uh, the problem with building like a sphere around the sun is that just like the gravitational effects and uh you know objects hitting blah 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 not structurally sound so the Dyson sphere turned into this thing, which is the uh, the Dyson swarm, or these things called Niven rings, which comes from a science fiction book written by Larry Niven, Ringworld, mm. or what's more commonly known is O'Neill cylinders, which is from a physicist Jared O'Neill who wrote a, a book about this idea of how you could kind of create a space colony, and that's what those rings are that you see around the star when they yeah. go in, like the big metal rings that go around it. Uh, are these counter kind of rotating rings that create this this structure uh where where habitable structure basically um so the aim of doing something like this is to increase living what? space okay. 
in the habitable zone, right? To, to be able to come off the planet and, and have space. Like we couldn't build a Dyson structure around our sun. We do not have enough material in the solar system to be able to build something oh. that size. But the movie is saying that the moon is a Dyson structure built around a star, but not just any star, a white dwarf, to be exact. And it also thinks that because the white dwarf is small, that means that it has enough gravity to affect Earth as it gets closer, but not so much that you couldn't stand on the structure. What the movie seems to be saying is that it's got a gravitational effect because of this white dwarf inside the moon. Oh. But because the moon has been built into right. this structure by these aliens, uh, this advanced the- technology, they've been able to mask right. the gravity in some way and have the moon orbit Earth for reasons unknown. Um, in terms of like why, why they would just choose to do it that way. But the AI is sucking the energy from the white dwarf. I don't know why. We'll come back to that. And that is causing the moon to malfunction, which means it's now moving towards Earth. But also it means that the masking of the gravitational effects has disappeared. So now the gravity from the moon is having an effect on Earth, which is why when the moon comes around, it's pulling stuff towards it. And that's why the ship can get up there. And they're basing all of this on the fact that it's a white dwarf. But... (laughs) There's no... (laughs) Are you okay? Keep going. (laughs) But, okay, so, okay. What is a white dwarf? (laughs) A white dwarf is a very small, dense star. No, sorry. A white dwarf is a small, very dense star that is typically the size of a planet. But because of its density... The white dwarf, the itty bitty little baby star in the moon, mega structure thing, would have the equivalent mass of our sun. The gravity of this white dwarf would have pulled Earth into an orbit around the moon since the dawn of time. The gravity, as the moon came close to us, would have torn Earth to fucking shreds. Or at shreds. least Samuel Talley. And there is no way in hell that you are sending a... <laughs> spaceship into it and getting out and standing on that structure looking at a fucking white dwarf no uh-huh yeah totally no i don't even know what to say um it sounds basically like what they're saying is like hey White dwarf, a littler version of our sun. So lots of gravity, but also we can hide it because we're advanced and They power cool. the megastructure with the energy from the white dwarf is what I thought. That's why they need the white dwarf yes. to power the megastructure. And then they need a yes. megastructure to be a moon because they need Earth to be habitable so people can live there. But they don't need the moon. No, the moon just gets captured by a planet if a planet feels like it. I guess it's just they just decide. I guess they just because it says that this will bring us into the next bit a little bit. So, okay, well, let's let's move into the next bit. I'm not ready because I just want to say. Okay. 
I was just about to say, I was like, you might be I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, overwhelmed now. Because but... when you started talking about, you just started <laughs> talking about all these different like sci-fi books about these alien things. And I was just like, whoa, what? Why does she know all of this? What's happening? And then suddenly <laughs> you're talking about the spheres, and, and then you just rattled off so much information. And I just was like, wow. And then you were like fully theorizing about everything. And I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> I like science fiction, dude. I know. I, I, you know, but I really hit home for me how much you like it listening to you talk. <laughs> anyway, no, I get it. I'm just amazed. I'm absolutely amazed. <laughs> that was amazing. And if there was an award for this kind of thing, you should win it. And let's move on to AI. Oh, thank you. All right. So while you might be feeling overwhelmed, I do apologize. Uh, but <laughs> what we've had is the moon has broken yes. orbit. We've had weird space yeah. dust stuff, crazy yeah. gravity, random uh-huh. theft, apocalyptic mm. behavior, a Dyson yeah. structure, a white dwarf, Deus Ex Machina, rocket yeah. ships. What more could this movie have to I offer? Know, I know, Professor. <laughs> Do you? Is it sentient aliens? Uh, the creator of the human race? Yeah. Or sentient AI, sorry. Sorry, is it aliens that created the human race with sentient AI? That's trying to kill us? Uh, running away from sentient AI trying to kill us. Yeah, but the AI is here now. It's, it hunts all the remaining humans down by yeah, attacking well, its we'll moon. we'll talk about that in a fucking minute. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so the moon with its white dwarf is sent out to create life in the universe. It gets to our region of space and, rela- and creates apparently creates the protoplanetary disk somehow. This is the part where I'm kind of like, why would you come out here, create the protoplanetary disk? And then I guess it's like in creating that, they understand what the habitable zone region of the sun would be in order for life to have a chance to exist or to grow. So like, you know, Earth gets created and then they choose to orbit Earth because they're like, hey, that might be where life will be. So we'll hang out here. Um, they're using DNA somehow, but there's no biological life on the moonship thing. So I don't know how this worked. This, I got very confused. Everything that happened with the, with the aliens and the AI and how all that was working, I became totally confused. Like who's running this whole Um, operation? (laughs) Literally. Right. So I just, I just want to say what I, where I was confused with, because I'm hoping that you can help me with this, right? Because... The problem was that in their pre-Earth land, countless swarms of nanotechnology had suddenly become self-aware and were programmed to seek out organic matter in an electronic environment. That was so bullshit. this structure has spent yeah, this structure has spent billions of years apparently seeking out these moonships to destroy all biological life and potential for it. And ten years ago, when it came to our solar system, it immediately goes to the moon and starts eating the star. But the alien swarm thing attacks electronics with humans inside it. So why did it bypass the entire fucking planet Earth with all the juicy humans and all the fucking electronics? What the fuck? It only attacks. That's the way it does it. It does it with through the moon. That's how it does it. It's hungry for moon. (laughs) That is it hungry for the star or is it hungry for biological material? It. Or is it just trying to kill the structure it, it, the way it chooses but, to kill the humans is to kill the moon <laughs> somehow like that's just how we're supposed to believe that's the best way to kill all the humans to kill the, the moon yeah apparently 
but also like oh it's after organic matter no it's after organic matter with electronics quick smash your phone it was ridiculous it was like they were trying to be like problem solving it was was absurd oh my god your phone's still on why is his phone still on how is his phone on how is his phone working smash it you have to smash it you're gonna call you're gonna call you're gonna call seriously yeah that was really anyway yeah okay yeah that's just the i've got nothing to say about this i've got nothing to say other than to just say just talk about this part of the movie this whole premise Mm. idea that there's this some um, kind of do you want to give us a rundown you started to give me a beautiful rundown earlier of what the point of the movie was in relating to this topic humans have been around for a very long time so i guess our ancestors were a very advanced civilization that lived on these planets and had and had google home in every, Google was in everything and everything was run by Google basically and, and it was in all their iPods how do you know it wasn't Alexa well, yeah I'm saying Alexa oh that's Amazon right yeah. it was the it was, the, Sorry, it was the war between Amazon Alexa and Google assistant yeah. fighting it out so basically it was an advanced civilization where they had iPods running all of their home and the iPods, it was screen where it was some weird kind of like super fluid that was the AI. And then it smashed out of all the screens one day. It was everything they feared of. And it ganged together to destroy all the humans. And the humans were like, we better escape. Some form of the humans escaped and set up like very distant areas um, where they grew more humans um, to run away from this AI thing. But this AI weird sort of superfluid that smashed, physically smashed out of the screens has been spending eternity going around the universe hunting down any humans because they want to destroy any remaining human things. And we are the, we are the children of those very advanced peoples. We are their children. So we are yes. some of the survi- like surviving um generations that were made subsequently after all of that destruction happened and what they finally found us it's a self-replicating self-aware singularity it's some no hang on it's some kind of self-aware self-replicating singularity quote unquote (laughs) what is that what they said how did i miss that they said singularity Because what confuses me as well is like, if if this is what happened to their AI technology, now I understand that we have different forms of it. So maybe you're right. Maybe it was a battle between Google and Alexa, or maybe this was Siri. Maybe Siri went, hey, what about me, bitch? And she fucking pushed out of the screen. And what, is is that what it is? Yes. Siri's the one out trying to fucking kill everyone in the world. No, that's not true. Because it's Apple. Alexa is the one out trying to kill everyone in the world and Siri is on the moon trying to trying to keep the humans safe or some shit yeah, like I that. that. Because it's technology on the moon. It's AI on the moon yeah. as well because that's the only way they can be communicating. It's like has to be some form of intelligent sentient AI or sure. downloaded consciousness on the that's moon. That's that we're communicating with him in the form of his son. Do you know what it was like? It was like what was that movie with Shia LaBeouf? Transformers. Well, Shia LaBeouf was like, you don't need to be here at all because it's these Transformers versus those Transformers. But it's like that. It's like the AI versus the other AI with like Samuel Tully being like, uh. 
You need yeah. me for anything? <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so stupid. So fucking oh, dumb. I know. Is there anything else you want to discuss about the AI? My fear about AI is that it's just going to be really shit and we'll rely on it and then it'll just give us yeah. shit answers. And that's my biggest fear about AI. I just want to put it out there. My biggest fear about AI will just be shit replacements for good minds. Yes. I Yeah, I just, like, I honestly feel it now. I feel like this, it's going to come out at some point where Emmerich's just going to be like, yeah, we thought it would be a fun experiment to see if AI wrote the script. Because <laughs> this is what it would be. If AI is in charge of things for us in the future, this is our movie. This is the fucking value that we will have. Like, yeah, I agree. You take human thought and fucking experience and emotion out of it. Oh my god, Mm. it's so fucking dull. That's yeah. Anyway, our saga is complete. Let us never speak of it again. I actually have another what the fuck that. I so found. do I. It's a, it's I have a few. All right. Amazing. <laughs> what the what the what the fuck? Frida, what is your remaining what the okay, fuck? Okay, so when Halle Berry is on a Zoom call with all the people from the military, she's she's they're all yeah. at a table. Let me just set up the scene. They're all around the big table looking at the big screen and she's on the Zoom or whatever, right? And she starts talking. They were like, you know what? This is done. Like, nah, this meeting's over. So they get up and they leave the room and leave her like on the screen being like, guys, guys, come on, please. You're my ex-husband, please. Like, they don't shut the call. They like, they don't just go, done. They just, leave they just get up and leave. And she's just there like a suspended head in the room just being like, please anyone and then she starts just talking to her ex-husband she's like please like ahead this is the thing because then because then like what happens is what we then get that scene where he pulls the gun on the on the other guys to stop them but like that's there's no build up to that there's no trust built up to that to make us feel like a that they have a relationship that means that he would do that for her or b that like there's any belief what was the there was no plan like he doesn't know what her plan is she doesn't have a fucking plan there's no justification to say like sure the nukes thing is crazy but there's also like the fact that he's standing there pulling a gun and they all just go you better be right. <laughs> Nobody just fucking tackles him or shoots him in the head. They're like, uh-oh, no, if you're wrong, yeah. Earth is destroyed. It's, it's like, like they all just stand and go, oh, no. Nothing, there's no challenge anywhere. Like, nothing is hard for anybody. No. Like, there's no, at all, like, the fact yeah. that every technological issue they have, they seem to just be like, no problem, no problem, no problem. It's like they're living in a world where actually, like, there's no problem, there's no problem. We'll go there. We'll yeah. go the cars. So the tree falls, no problem. It fix the tree up. Like, there's just no <laughs> worries. Like, nothing is ever so bad that they can't be like... Oh, yeah. That line with the tree. Sunny, the moon will help us. <laughs> yeah, even this disaster is, like, kind of helping them. It's ridiculous. Oh, nothing God. is... Okay. Okay, what's yours? My, my last one is... At the very end, when we have that, like, so the Planet of the Apes-esque thing with the Chrysler building, <laughs> and, the, and they pull out the phone, 
the satellite phone. As if satellite phones would still be working. You think that there's satellites still up in the fucking sky. The moon coming so close was tearing trees and water and mountains up into the atmosphere. And you think they're satellite phones. At one point, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot to say this. Sorry, I have another one. I forgot about this. At one point, they actually say the words, we gotta do this before the moon enters the stratosphere. (laughs) Right? Right? Oh my god, did I... Because I wrote this down. Did I not fucking... Did I not write down the number for this? Because I checked this. Because I was like, what the fuck is she talking about the moon entering the fucking stratosphere? The stratosphere is like, um, oh yeah, the stratosphere is five kilometers from the surface of the earth. The roach limit is like, they even say in it that the roach limit is 17,000 kilometers, but they're saying that the that the moon has entered the atmosphere. That it has entered earth's atmosphere. They don't know what stratosphere is, Abby. They have no idea, so I'm saying improv. Oh, I suppose, wait, actually, I suppose what they're saying is like, because it's a Dyson structure, it hasn't been pulled apart when it went to the roach limit. But nobody said, oh, it's super weird that the moon moved through the roach limit without being pulled apart and is entering our atmosphere. That's kind of weird. We should maybe talk about that. They don't know what stratosphere is. No. I'm saying it was improv night. No, it was they improv night. Don't. It was the first word they It was improv night. You are so right. All right, let's get this fucking Wait, over with. There's no other Final way. verdict. We have to finish this or it will finish us. <laughs> and by this, I mean this episode. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> Did it pass the the Sam's test? <laughs> it's 2022 and no it fucking didn't. Uh, um except for what about Karen with the gun because there's that bit where there's a lady with the gun. Karen with the gun was And they great. were like, "Thanks, Karen." <laughs> that was that was that was the only good joke in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> I'm so glad you remembered that. Only I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> That was excellent. That was an excellent that was an joke. Excellent. It doesn't pass. I actually wrote, no, I have it written down. I, I was going to say it in a minute, but we'll come back okay. to it. Okay. So, all right. So, so yeah. So no, it did not pass the Sam's bit, the Sam's test. <laughs> no, it didn't. They're, they're all partnered up. They're all fucking, there's they not that many women anyway. Lesbian. I just, anyway, yeah. whatever. I, yeah, exactly. They couldn't even fucking make her a lesbian. All right. Did it pass the <laughs> Yes, it definitely passed the Comes Scientist. That's one thing I'll say for sure. Full marks. Full marks. Just I think this joking. is I think this is sarcasm. <laughs> I don't know what to say. No, it gets okay, nothing. Frida, final zero. Final zero. verdict. Zero. zero. <laughs> See, this is the thing, right? So I knew you were gonna go zero and I was gonna go zero and then I didn't. Oh, what'd you do? I'm going to tell you why. I've given it 0.25. of Karen with the gun. And for three reasons. Because of the Endeavour street okay, scene. Yeah, good. And to like acknowledge that a lot... Also, to acknowledge that a lot of people had to put their names to this shit. And I don't think that they should be defined by it. Um, number two is Michael Pena. Yeah. And number three is the Karen joke. <laughs> the Karen joke is... It gets amazing. 0.25 for me just for those Does three things. Does Michael Pena deliver it? Uh, no, no, it? no. He he says, "Karen, that's my son," or something like that. Who says thanks, Karen? That Sonny does. He goes, "Thanks, Karen," as he gets in the car because she shoots at him. 
He's like, I just want to get to my house. I want to live here. It is great setup in this whole thing, that, like that you know, it's all dystopian and like they don't know it, and it's just when he says, I didn't. "Yeah, okay, it's done. It's finished. Good. Point two five for you, zero for me. It's an average of point zero point one two. Yeah, that's five. fine. Okay. All right. Okay, we did it. We've been talking about doing this movie since we found out it was going to be coming out back in the day when we thought Josh Gad was going to be in it, and we were super excited about it. Back in the day when we were like, another Emmerich blockbuster with the moon falling. Oh my God, how are they going to do this? And now I really regret that it exists and I had to watch it twice. Yeah, sorry. But it's over. And we're never going to speak about it ever again. We need again. to cleanse our souls. Like if there was ever a need yes. to cleanse so, my soul, it's now. Like I feel that <laughs> in my bones that we need a serious good sci-fi movie that we can like really just have a think about and it can make us think about okay. something. And there's a movie that... So please yeah, do... There's an old science fiction movie that I've never seen. And I've heard people talk about it and I really want to do it. And it's called Silent Running. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen it? Okay. I have not seen it. I think it'll be it. thought provoking. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. And I think I think it's got Bruce Dern. Excellent. Let's, let's do a serious yeah. movie, man. I like yeah, let's do let's do something old, old school, school as well. I like a bit of yeah. old school classics. Yeah. Ah, oh, classics to close out the cycle Brilliant. as well. That's yeah. a nice one. Okay, excellent. All right, so in two weeks' time we'll have silent running. And um yeah. Uh, next week we have the end of our Marvel oh. catch up series. It's Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Two. And I mean, when you listen to it, you'll be surprised that myself and Frida still speak. Oh my God. <laughs> but we do. <laughs> so thanks for listening. If you want to get in contact, you can email us or catch us on Instagram-ish, but, or also TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. I did a TikTok. For both of those. She did. Oh, I forgot to say it. Frida did a TikTok. I'm so proud of you. I did my first video reply. <laughs> we're really into this we're really ready to start like yeah. replying to people's comments on tiktok and like getting into discussing the science and stuff a bit more there so yeah come hang Why out with us it? okay thank bye. you bye <laughs> oh i feel sick from having to talk i don't even know i don't even know what i said